Welcome to this week's Leader's Guide for the Fall Quarter of Life Groups. This resource is provided to help you prepare and effectively lead your group. For your convenience, you can also download a written version of the guide under Life Group Leader Tools at gatewaycrc.org forward slash life groups. Remember to tune in each week and to look out for the weekly edition of Life Group Leaders Weekly. Let's join Adam Van Dopp now as he introduces this week's material. Well, hello there, Life Group Leaders. This is week number eight of the fall 2022 semester of our life groups here at Gateway Church. And, uh, you know, we have a whole bunch of ground to cover, so we are going to jump right into everything that we can here. Uh, this week, we are meeting for the eighth time. This is our eighth meeting, and we have just one more week following this one of our groups gathered together. And, you know, think back with me a number of weeks uh, just towards week one as we just started cracking open this incredible book of Daniel. And we had there as a, in front of us Daniel and his friends and they stood up as teenagers early in their years uh, to Nebuchadnezzar and said we're not going to eat this meat now feed us veggies and we'll be good and uh, to flash forward all the way to this week where we are interacting with Daniel now uh, in his prime he's 80 years old plus a few and uh, he's in- receiving these incredible visions from God about what is to come and how the Lord is going to continually shape life on this earth towards his kingdom Uh, What a remarkable ride this has been, and I hope that you have been learning a ton as we have been engaging in God's Word in this way. Well, just for the record, we still want some pictures. We still want you to track attendance, and we uh, are looking forward to feedback forms coming up in the next week. So just, again, submit pictures, uh, continue taking attendance, and uh, pay attention next week as we talk about what we're going to do when it comes to gathering up some feedback from you and uh, your members. But at this point, let's jump into our guide for our questions and our discussion coming up this week. So getting to know you, we have got two questions here. The first is, what are the best parts of your job and career? Um, This is just still, again, good conversation starters to get the people warmed up to talking within your group. But as an extended point to this question, what you can ask is about the misconceptions of their particular jobs. I'm a pastor, um, and one of the joys and one of the the best parts of my job is that it puts me in the conversation with people about the Lord's goodness and faithfulness in their lives, and we get to just map out just exactly how God has blessed them. I honestly love that part of my job. Uh, But a misconception is that we sit around the church all day. Uh, I could tell you more about that one, but uh, that's sometimes what it looks like. Uh, Number two, uh, from the first six chapters of Daniel, what stands out to you the most from what you have learned thus far? So take this opportunity at this early point in your conversation just to take an opportunity to reflect on the journey that we've been on as we've read through Daniel chapters 1 through 6 and taken this remarkable vantage point of seeing God's sovereignty uh, play out through all of Daniel's life. Which then leads us into the quick review section. And again, two questions that have us reflecting upon scripture and the message that we heard on Sunday, not an evaluation thereof. So number one, look back at your notes from this week's teaching. Was there anything that particularly caught your attention, challenged, or confused you? Uh, so we're, we're week eight. You know what to do with this question. Number two, the oh, Pastor Justin offers us this very question saying, this past weekend, Pastor Justin reminded us that we should not be surprised by the durability of evil or the inevitability of suffering. Why is this important to remember in our walk with God? So we leave into a moment of scripture review where we're going to read a bunch of the text from Daniel 7 and 8. And if you uh, feel like you're more pressed for time, uh, you can read just uh, Daniel 7 
verses 1 through 14 to get a good scope and get your discussion going. But if you can, if you have time, uh, read through the entirety of Daniel 7 and 8. I think that'll bless you and your group as you jump into the next section of Digging Deeper, which has us ask a number of questions. Number one being, read Daniel 7 verses 1 through 2 and chapter 8 verses 1 through 2. An original intention of apocalyptic literature is to provide comfort to God's people during times of trouble. Where in chapters like these do you find comfort? So apocalyptic literature is uh, within scripture can be uh, difficult to make sense of at the best of times, as there are so many layers of understanding and context that you and I in our 21st century context, well, we simply just do not have. And so we read texts like these with difficult images and deep complexity, and we're left feeling uncertain and perhaps even like a little bit like Daniel, as he identified himself in, in 7 verse 15, where he tells us, yet he was left anxious and alarmed. He even indicates the same in 728, but adds that his color changed. Uh, he, he was turning pale. He was kind of frightful at all of this. He was nervous about all of this. And we might feel similarly to all of that. But as, as concerned as Daniel was here, he also understood all that was happening as he interacted with an angel that was made present to him in 7 verse 16 and made all things clear for him. And so while they were clear for him, these images are still complex for us. So all that being said, this imagery is, uh, is, is messianic in nature. It's a messianic vision, which means these images and visions all point to the coming of Christ. Primarily, they are highlighting that there are certain kingdoms that are coming that are going to overthrow each other. But then, as the visions unfail, there's a fourth kingdom that comes, which is Rome. And uh, there's a son of man at that time, which will arrive. And that coming is then of Jesus Christ, the one whom, whose kingdom will never be overthrown, the one that will never uh, be ending. It will be an everlasting kingdom. So read Isaiah 41, verses 8 through, 8 through 10. What are some of the ways that you have experienced God's comfort in the past few years that we, of trouble that we have faced? And so while the coming comfort in these passages is clear as we've been reading through Daniel, another thing that we are needing to be clear about ahead of times is, is the comfort that there will be difficult times. There will be an ever-present evil. There will be suffering. And one commentator writes that these passages are not pointing us towards the end times or the, the end of the world that so often we use these passages to talk about. But the commentator also then uh, takes time to look at the pains of this world that we, we've seen pains happen in every generation since Christ ascended into heaven. That there, there always have been earthquakes, there's always been fires, there's always been storms, there's always been wars and always been rumors of wars. These are just the simple realities of a broken and sinful world that you and I, that we call home. So bring this conversation to our current context. Since 2019, we have seen great difficulty. There's been COVID, there's been fires, there's been floods, there's been wars. However, uh, God's promises to, to us through Isaiah 41 here tell us that as we face these great difficulties, that the Lord will strengthen us to face these challenges, that he will uphold his children. So talk amongst your group about how you have experienced the Lord's righteous right hand. So go into read question number two. Read Daniel 7 verses 23 to 27. Daniel sees that God's kingdom will be given to the saints of the Most High. Amidst the present evil and suffering, how do you think Daniel experienced God's kingdom? So think about Daniel's life and all the events that he's had. It's, it's been an incredibly tough road for him to navigate and to live life through. 
from being a part of the initial group of captives being uh, castrated and being forced into Babylon University to standing up for himself with his friends at the king's table. His friends in the furnace, the handwriting on the wall, and the lion's den. This man has had a difficult, difficult life. His experience uh, was firsthand as he saw evil play out in front of him. His suffering was very real as he lived his entire life in a whole distant land. Yet Daniel, he remained faithful to God and committed to serving him and him only. Now consider now with your group how this life of Daniel must have felt and think about how he might have seen uh, divine activity amongst this chaos and this unrest. Bullet point question next. To follow up from this conversation, read Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 20. Paul instructs his audience to be strong in the Lord as they are to be productive citizens in Ephesus in a difficult time. From the list of ways in which his audience should be prepared, which do you need to work on in order to be productive here and now? And so Paul writes to the body of believers there in Ephesus, a, a great and fantastic and amazingly large city that was gripped by pagan rituals and worship. And he spends time teaching his audience about God's grace and his activity, about how his people are to be oriented towards himself and not towards the, the pagan rituals. Then as he wraps up this letter, he leaves a challenge for his audience to prepare themselves for the uncertain and challenging times that they find themselves in by putting on the whole armor of God. So as Christians, we face similar distractions and uncertainty now still in the 21st century. And to Paul's point, you and I, we must be prepared, be on guard for when those distractions do come and when they do arise. It's not if, it's when. So in the instruction, Paul's word for us is to take up the whole armor of God, which includes the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of peace. Sorry, the sword of the spirit. And so while these are all part of the whole package, we cannot pick and choose what items we wish to put on and which we are going to leave in the closet. We're to embrace each and every element. However, you and I, as we clearly know, and as I experience daily, is that we are imperfect, we are sinful people. There are always areas in which we need to grow. And when we think of these six areas that Paul's writing about, there are certain areas that we're strong in and maybe certain areas that we're weak in. Well, this question has us asking, which areas are we weak in? Which areas do we need to grow? So, so perhaps ask as you go through these, these portions of the armor that we're supposed to wear uh, and, and ask these follow-up questions. Do we need clarity and greater understanding of scriptural truths? Is that something we need to grow in? Do we need to grow in our awareness of God's righteousness going ahead of our own? That, that we can go through life knowing that He has made all things new, that it is His actions that make us righteous and not our own. Are we peacemakers or are we rebel rousers? Are we, you know, stirring the pot or trying to elevate the needs of the other? Does our faith waver in the winds of change? Are we anchored in our salvation? Do we engage in God's word? The goal of this question is to be challenged by Daniel's upright and honest character and to represent God through our daily faith to all the people that God will bring us towards in all of our orbits. Question number three. Read Daniel 8 verses 13 to 14. Numbers within apocalyptic literature are most often confusing and have layers of meaning. The number 2300 that is used in 8 verse 14 points to the theme of God's activity and to his sovereignty. What lesson do you think is being taught for Daniel's original audience? 
So this question speaks to the difficulty of understanding apocalyptic literature and also emphasizes one of the central themes of the whole book of Daniel. Essentially, the number used here, 2300, is simply a large number of, of days to indicate that God has a plan, that God is active, and that God knows the scope of time. And here's the rub, that you and I, that we don't have to know those things. The point here is that for those who are living in Daniel's time is an understanding that while all these things will happen, is that they will happen under the watchful eye of the Lord, and that it is He and He only who knows the whole scope. This is one is one of the greatest comforts that you and I we have in our faith today, that as we see the bits and pieces of our lives either come undone or be woven together, that we, we need to rest and see that it is God who is in control. That is Everything that is happening in our lives is happening within the palm of his righteous right hand, to quote again Isaiah 41. We do not need to know all the details and circumstances of our lives going forward. The Lord does, and it is he who is leading us through those moments. So, so launch with me uh, back to December of 2019. We are oblivious to the challenges of, of the world going forward. Yes, we knew that COVID was on the rise at that point, and we knew that the CMS Flats did comprise, at one point, historically, a lake. Uh, and, but if we would have known that COVID would do all that it did, if we would have known that the lake would one day try to reform with that atmospheric river uh, last year at this time, pandemonium and complete unrest would have been off the charts. And, and Daniel's audience here is told that these things would happen and that the Son of Man would in fact come. And they were told that the Lord knew and when and how, and they just simply needed to rest in the knowledge of his knowledge. So bullet point question here, read Mark 13, 32 to 36. As you consider Daniel's visions of what was to come, how do Christ's words here challenge you? Well, while Daniel's visions here are messianic in nature, meaning that they're pointing to the coming of Christ, Jesus in this passage is talking about his eventual return. It's like as we put these two stories together, these two narratives side by side, it's like comparing apples and oranges. However, there, there's a common theme, but both apples and oranges, well, they're fruit, so there's a common theme. The Lord has just told the nation of Israel that 23 evenings and mornings the sanctuary will be restored. And now Jesus tells us, for you do not know when the time will come. The common theme and the challenge is what Jesus closes here by saying, stay awake in the ESV and, and the NIV. He says, watch. This command reminds us that, that what we looked at uh, as Paul wrote to the Ephesians. He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. You need to stay awake. You need to watch. You need to be aware of how this world is going to come after us. We need to see that the schemes of the devil will cause us to be distracted and we'll miss the Lord's invitations. We'll fall prey to the patterns of this world and we'll get caught up in irreverent babble or godless chatter like Paul tells us in 2 Timothy 2. Therefore, you and I, we must pay attention to our own tendencies and to our own patterns as we navigate the complexities of our lives. We need to keep watch and always be evaluating and measuring ourselves against God's word and God's love for us. So final question here, the taking it home. Read 1 John 2 verses 15 through 17. Earthly kingdoms will come and go, yet the Lord's will last forever. What will ultimately cause God's kingdom to be different? How are the Lord's people to live in this world with human-led kingdoms? Well, the Lord's kingdom upon earth will ultimately be different because by definition, it is the Lord's kingdom and not one of humanity. 
It will be sustained because it is ushered in by the creator of the universe and by the one who gave the power to all earthly authority as he saw fit. Paul writes to the Thessalonians, He who calls you, calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. It simply, uh, it simply will be different because he said it will be different. So how are the Lord's people to live? Well, as John emphasizes to his audience, whoever does the will of God abides forever. It is the ones who will live into the will of God who will live well within the kingdoms of our world, which will ultimately pass away. It is the ones who learn how to truly love their neighbors. It is the one who truly learns how to learn how to serve others. It is the ones who learn wholly what it means to live in this world rather than of it, who will be able to thrive in this world of Babylon. Well, Life Group leaders, uh, once again, this has been an, an interesting and complex couple of chapters to navigate through. So I hope and pray that this audio guide has been somewhat helpful, helpful for you all and that you're being able to uh, go into your groups this coming week and to lead with some confidence and a sense of authority that uh, you have in this context of this uh, incredible two chapters. So my prayers go forward with you as you go and lead your groups, and I pray that the Lord will guide you and bless you and equip you for all this good work. Blessings to you all as you serve, and uh, we'll talk again one more time next week.